You're listening to Mind Over Matter on WRBB 104.9 FM with Maris and Shamile. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is Shamile. And this is Maris. For our new listeners, Mind Over Matter is a mental health podcast where we discuss various topics about mental health in hopes of minimizing the stigma and celebrating self-care. Mental Health Matters, let's talk about it. I'm really excited about today's episode as it was a request from one of our listeners. Um, So we'll be talking about how to help your friends who are struggling, especially when they maybe haven't asked for help yet. And just a quick content warning, we will very briefly be discussing suicidal thoughts and self-harm. As always, the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. It's available 24 hours a day. Again, that is 1-800-273-8255. This is a super important topic, as we were saying, because I think probably everyone has at least one friend out there who might be having a hard time or going through some struggles, and it's really hard to know how you can help. Definitely. Um, I personally feel like I've been on like both sides of that, someone who wants to help someone and someone who needs help. And I always find helping someone is slightly easier than asking for help, but all around it's just a really difficult situation. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we should probably start by talking about how to know if your friend even needs help. So what are some of the warning signs? Yeah, it's normal to be upset every now and then and have moments where life just really sucks. Um, But it's also important to be aware of red flags. The biggest I can think is when your friend stops being as social as they were before, they cancel plans last minute, or just stop attending different social events that they normally would attend. Yeah, there's definitely a balance with that too. I think, you know, I have friends who every so often say that they want to be alone instead of coming out, and that in itself isn't really a problem. Because there's nights where I definitely need to stay in and relax, but... Yeah, I mean, I always just, like, need to be alone sometimes after a hard day and just, like, recharge so I can, like, be my better self, like, the next day and, like, can hang out and stuff. No, yeah, me too. And it's... I think it's when it becomes a theme that there's a larger underlying problem there. And when it it comes to this, I'd say checking in is a good idea. Um, You know what is a huge warning sign when your friend consistently cancels plans and says, I'm too tired, as an excuse. Yeah, and the thing is, like, they might truly be too tired because um, that's also a sign that they might be experiencing depression. Um, Personally, like, in my darkest times, I'm literally always tired. I feel like I can hardly get out of bed, and no matter how much sleep I get, I'm way too tired to participate in anything. Agreed, me too. That's definitely a huge warning sign, in my opinion. What are some other ones? I feel like it really depends on, like, what specifically your friend might be struggling with, but if you notice your friend experiencing extreme mood swings or drastically their personality has changed, it's likely something further might be going on. Yeah, like, one example that comes to mind is just getting frustrated. You know, it's normal to get frustrated from time to time, but if you notice that your friend starts snapping at every little thing... I would say that's probably something going on. It might be a little bit concerning. Yeah, and I, I've definitely, like, experienced that before, and I think it's really hard to, but you have to, like, try not to take it personally. I mean, it sucks when people get angry, um, but it can be really helpful to just, like, take a step back and try to understand what might be going on deeper. I'm not saying, like, accept, you know, the way, like, accept people treating you negatively, and, like, that's not at all okay, but I think that sometimes, like, taking a step back and be like, why is she getting angry? Why are they getting angry with me all the time? Like, what is going on? Um, should be, like, the first question to ask. 
Uh, a really interesting statistic we have for you is that irritability is actually a really common symptom of anxiety. According to one recent study, including over 6,000 adults, more than 90% of those with generalized anxiety disorder reported feeling highly irritable during periods when their anxiety disorder was at its worst. Yeah, definitely. That's it was a really interesting quote because I definitely felt like I was the only one. I was like, why am I getting angry so t- much? Like, why is everything frustrating me? Um, but it makes me feel better that other people with anxiety feel that same way. Um, and then another warning sign is when your friend like becomes really passive and seems not to care about anything. And I know this is hard in college because like it's so cool like not to care about things. You should be like, oh, I'm so chill. But like, I think that sometimes that's also like. A, like a really big red flag when your friend before was like really excited, really passionate about the things that they were participating in. And now they're just like, oh, I don't really care. Like, uh, it's fine if I skip class. It's fine if I don't study. Like, it's fine if I stay up late. Like, you know what I mean? Like things like that. So yeah, it's just something to like pay attention to and like, you know, maybe check in about. Yeah. Another, I feel like another common thing that you might see in college is increased use of drugs and alcohol. Um, I personally know a bunch of people, I feel like this is a a whole other college norm, joking about what drugs should I do this weekend to forget about this week or an exam or a class or whatever. And this is just not healthy. (laughs) And it's so common. It's so commonplace in college. And while they might be joking, as a lot of college kids are, there's a very real chance that it's not a joke or it could be leading to something more. Um, A lot of people struggling with mental illness will turn to drugs if they don't get proper treatment. So definitely look out for this, especially with the college binge drinking culture. Yeah, and I mean, we're not here to like condone any of that or whatever. But when people participate in those things for the wrong reasons, it is a red flag. And I think that having a friend there to like check in and look out for you is like really, really important. And then another big thing to look out for are people's eating habits. If someone is experiencing anxiety or depression, they might not have the energy to eat. And if you're in college and you have to go to a dining hall to eat, (laughs) this can be just so much harder, especially for people struggling, because it takes a lot more than you would think to get up, get dressed, go outside, especially if you're living in a cold climate like in Boston, when there's snow outside, (laughs) you don't want to go to a dining hall. Um, But this could be a symptom of some underlying mental illness, um, or more specifically, maybe an eating disorder. And it could lead to something worse, too. Yeah, and on the flip side of that, they also might be using food as a crutch and eating, like, really unhealthy or just, like, changing their diet completely. But this is a really tricky subject to dive into, like, eating disorders and food in general, because when someone has or had an eating disorder, bringing up their food habits can be really triggering. So I would just say, I don't know, like, be careful. Uh, Do you have any tips about that, Maris? I wouldn't recommend, I guess when you're first going to check on, be like, I probably, let me just think about this for a second. No, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, The biggest, my rule of thumb is, like, if I, when I have had friends who are dealing with an eating disorder, like, just, like, bringing up how they're eating and what they're eating is, like, can be really triggering, and I just wouldn't recommend bringing that up when checking in. Yeah, like, there's other ways to ask, how are you doing, instead of being, like, very specifically on food. I know when I was struggling with my eating disorder, and this goes back, 
um, to when I was even in middle school. But I had people make comments to me like, oh, you should go eat a burger, like as a joke to get me to eat more. But that didn't make me feel good and didn't want to make me help myself. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just being very aware of how you're saying that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later on about like specific ways to check in. But since we're like on the topic, um, I think talking about other like changes in behavior first is like is a good idea being like hey I noticed that you don't seem to be acting like yourself like you've just been doing a lot of different things than you normally are doing or something along those lines um would be the first step or just like starting with how are you is always a good move is always good and being aware of I know we went to um a conference not a conference what are we? What was it called? I'm blanking too. Speakers. Yeah, we went to like a. Yes, we went to a, a panel. A, a panel <laughs> about eating disorders. Yeah, it was a while ago. Sorry, yeah, I forgot the word. <laughs> the speaker there, um, who was struggling with her eating disorder in college, was talking about, especially in dining halls, when she would overhear people, especially her friends, saying like, "Oh, I haven't eaten anything all day," or "That's so gross. Like you shouldn't eat that in the dining hall." being very like almost braggy about what they did or didn't eat and kind of pointing that out and she said that was a really hard thing for her to deal with because mm-hmm. people were so focused on what they were eating when they were eating and especially in a college atmosphere it made her focus on her own eating in a negative light more than she wanted to so just from people's experiences I would recommend being aware of how you talk about food especially in front of your friends who are struggling. Yeah, definitely. And I think along those lines, like, invite your friends to go with you to the dining hall. I know that was, like, honestly, like, my favorite part of freshman year was just, like, messing around in the dining hall with my friends. Like, that was a really nice way to just, like, leave from doing homework and just hang out. Um, Or if you have, like, an apartment, like, invite them over to cook a meal. We'll touch a little bit more on how to check in with people, but it varies, I think, like we mentioned, with everyone's different um, situations. Yeah, I would say... I had a friend, I was going to study abroad trip, and she came to me as I've struggled in the past with my eating disorder, but I'm recovered now, and she came to me because she was in the midst of struggling with it and was having a hard time on this trip, and we kind of came up with a plan together, so we cooked meals together when I was away, Um, and this was really helpful for her to be, I guess, more present and aware of her own eating, and it was good for me to kind of keep an eye on that also from someone who understands it. So I'd say just inviting your friends to eat with you is definitely a really good way to keep an eye on them, but also have fun together as friends. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. So maybe we should jump in to talking about how how to check in with your friends, how to approach your friends if you're worried about them. Yeah, or how to help someone who isn't directly asking for your help, but you think they might need it. Yeah, I think, like, the first step in approaching your friend is actually, like, personal self-reflection. So asking yourself, like, what your intentions are, why you want to help, and if you are in a position to help. Yeah, these questions are crucial to making sure it doesn't come across as an intervention, but more of a conversation, because that's what you want it to be. Asking yourself what your intentions are is really important, too. It shouldn't be about getting the scoop or getting the drama what's going on with your friend. It should be really about helping them. Oh my gosh, I notice that a lot and I hate it. Like it can sometimes feel like people only care about the drama, the story, 
or dare I say it, the T. The T. <laughs> but, like, not actually how that person is doing, and that is so shady. It's just annoying. I'm, I was going through a rough breakup, and a lot of people reached out to me to see if I was okay, and they kept being like, wow, I can't believe it. What happened? Or tell me what happened. I, I'm here for you. And it felt like they were kind of hiding behind this facade of caring instead of just wanting to know the drama, which might not be 100% true and is probably an exaggeration, but it's just important to be aware of your dialogue as to not make someone feel that way. So instead of just being like, hey, like tell me the scoop, what happened, just ask them how they're doing and if you can support them in any way, and that friend will share what they're comfortable sharing instead of pressing them to give away uncomfortable details, and that's just, that's not what you're there for as a friend. Yeah, definitely. And I think those, like, questions and self-reflection can help decide whether you should be the one helping them. I know that we always hear as friends, like, you should be there for them regardless. And I think that's true to a certain extent, but sometimes, like, you specifically might not be the one to help your friend in this specific situation. Sometimes it can just be really triggering for your own mental illness and your own struggling struggles. And especially, like, if you're in the early stages of recovering from something, taking care of yourself is the most important thing if you want to be a good friend. Yeah, some people definitely find healing in helping others. But for others, whether you want it to be or not, it can be really damaging. So definitely self-reflection is crucial. And sometimes you just need to refer to someone that can help your friend more than um, you can. So like a counselor, a doctor, other professional, or even like their family or another friend who's just in a better position to deal with that. Like I, I actually had a friend like reach out to me and be like, and one of our mutual friends um, was struggling with an eating disorder. And she was like, hey, like, I think this is going on just because her like behavior is very similar to mine um, when I was struggling with an eating disorder. But I'm like really worried about reaching out and talking about all this stuff because I just don't feel like I'm in the place for that. Um, like, what do you think I should do? And, like, I took that opportunity to go talk to her because that's, like, something that I haven't um, necessarily experienced before, and I felt comfortable enough reaching out and helping her, and, like, we made some next steps together. So that's always an option. Yeah, and the first thing you can do is just talk to your friend, kind of share your concerns or observations with your friend, but this is so important. Just be careful about your words and how to approach your friend. Yeah, I agree. This is super important, and... I think what's really important is not sounding accusatory and pushing your friend away. When you're struggling with mental illness, it's very easy to push people away um, and just kind of hold yourself up. So making sure that you're not, like, too aggressive and blaming them or even if you don't aren't trying to, like, sometimes it can just come across that way. Um, so, like, if you're noticing that your friend's attitude has changed, instead of saying you've been acting differently, say, I've noticed that your mood has been a little bit different or I've noticed that you haven't been, like, as excited as you normally are or something like that can be really helpful. Yeah, I statements are just super important. So I think I statements, not you statements. You don't want to accuse them of anything. And it, it just makes such a big difference because if you say, oh, I, you're doing something different, I mean, that's kind of accusatory and that's not going to make anyone feel good. And you just want to make it more about a conversation between you two as friends versus coming onto them strongly for something they're doing. Yeah, it's crazy the impact of like like, something so little, like, I, I, like, learned about I statements a while ago, and I, like, work really hard to start with I statements. I don't know, I don't know all the time, but, like, it really does make a difference in how people react to you. Um, and I think something else that's really important to understand is that it's going to be really hard. It really sucks not being able to make someone you care about feel instantly better. Like, it's honestly, like, one of the worst feelings, like, that I've experienced. But with that in mind, friends do go a long way. 
Yeah, sometimes all you need is a friend you know is there to listen and to support and love you. Just knowing that your friends are there for when you want to reach out and for when you feel comfortable talking about these things is super important. Just think about kind of how you want your friends to be there for you and you can give that back to your friends in the same way. Yeah, I think the most helpful things like my friends have ever done for me in my time of need has been like, hey, I've noticed that you seem to be dealing with a lot right now, and I just wanted to say that I'm here for you if and when you need to talk. The affirmation of them being there was more than enough, and it meant a lot to me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The best thing to do is to ask your friends how you can support them during their time of need. I think that is the hardest thing. I'm always asking what I can do to help, but what I don't realize is that they know themselves best and what they need. So a great step is asking them, like, hey, is there any way I can support you during this time, or please let me know what I can do, something along those lines. Yeah, and it doesn't stop after that first conversation. Continue to check in on your friends. Yeah, I'm kind of a forgetful person, (laughs) as all my friends know, so I used to do this thing where every Thursday I would call or text all my friends from my hometown to check in and see how they were doing. It was actually really nice. It helped me to remember to reach out, helped me with my own mental health, And also reminding my friends that I'm there to support them, even though I'm many, many miles away. I should probably remember (laughs) to do this again in reflection. Yeah, I actually uh, reached out to a friend the other day who I haven't talked to since, like, graduating high school. Um, And I saw that she was having a really hard time and was venting on social media. So I um, I just texted her and I was like, hey, I noticed on Twitter that things are a bit rough right now for you. And I just wanted to say that I miss you. I hope all is well. And I'm here to talk if you need anything. And since then, we've been talking, like, every other day, basically, and I personally really feel happy that I got to reconnect with her, but also being able to help out someone who needed someone to talk to. That's awesome. I love that. And so what are some other things to think about when talking to your friend? Yeah, actually, along those lines, I think something in particular that stands out to me is letting people just vent is so helpful. Yeah, sometimes all someone needs is to just vent and cry and get it all out, and all we can do is listen. I think that I do that. Sometimes I just need to cry, and I don't really need words from other people. So think about almost how you'd feel in that situation and how it's really good for other people as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, like, tend to be, like, such a fixer. Like, I don't know, I'm, like, I'm kind of a control freak sometimes. So I'm like, when people are venting to me, I'm like, how can we fix this? Like, I don't want you to be feeling this way. Like, let me fix it. Let me fix it. But, like, a lot of times, like, they don't need me to do that. Like, they just want me there to listen and, like, really listen, you know, like, active listening as like I think teachers say but like not making it about yourself but giving your friend a safe space to process their feelings out loud yeah and let them cry I think a lot of people myself included get a bit scared when people start crying because you feel that you need to make them stop or that they shouldn't be crying but crying is a good thing a lot of the times I've definitely had people tell me it's okay don't cry and that kind of makes it feel worse because then it makes you feel a bit guilty for crying, like you shouldn't be acting this way. But sometimes after a good cry, I just feel so much better. (laughs) So sometimes it just has to happen. Yeah. And I think especially, you know, if someone is having a panic attack or is on the verge of having one, telling them to do anything or stop reacting can only make it worse. Um, From my experience of helping friends through an anxiety attack, listening to what they want is the most helpful thing. If they're able to tell you, like, listen, I would definitely, like, as, like, a rule of thumb, like, always recommend giving, like, physical space first and foremost. Yeah, and if you've never had an anxiety attack, it often feels like the walls are closing in, 
and so space can be really helpful. It's also challenging because each person experiences anxiety a bit differently, so it can be challenging at first to figure out what works for someone. Yeah, absolutely. I personally like cannot handle being touched when I have a panic attack. Um, but when my friend has panic attacks, like I'll like rub his back and just like sit quietly next to him, and that like helps him a lot. So, like I said, like everyone has a different sort of reaction, and like yeah. And me, on the other hand, when I'm having really bad anxiety and I start to just kind of spiral downwards and shut into myself, I really just need to talk to my parents. I've been like this forever, but my friends here know that about me and will call my parents and just put me on the phone with them when I'm not doing good. So really, it shows that everyone is different and getting to know what helps your friends specifically when they're not doing well is, I think, just a really important part of friendship in general, but also is super important and if you want to actively help your friend. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always talk to your friend, like, after. Like, it's probably best to wait, like, a day or so. (laughs) Um, But, like, ask them, like, I want to be able to support you better in the future. Is there anything I should do or, like, should not do when you're experiencing something like that? I've had people ask me that, and, like, that is so helpful to be able to, like, tell someone. But I think it's kind of like a two-way street. Also being able to tell your friends, like, hey, like, so that thing happened last night, like, this normally makes me feel, like, a lot better. Or, like, um, like I really know that you're trying to help, but, like, having someone talk to me, like, really makes it, makes it worse. Like, just letting you know. Like, there's a way to, like, go about it. Um, and your friends do want to support you, but they don't know what works best for you until you tell them. Yeah, sometimes you just have to communicate. Um, for those of you out there who struggle with panic attacks or anxiety or anything, tell your friends how they can support you. And this might even encourage them to share and spark a conversation on how you can help them. So it really could benefit you both in your friendship and helping each other. Yeah. Anything else we want to talk about before we sign off? Yeah, I think one thing to note is that it's super important to remember that when someone has a mental illness, at points it can feel like even the smallest tasks are super difficult. So offer to help with the small things, and that can really make a big difference. Yeah, and I I think running errands, like, with a friend is sometimes the most fun thing. I also, like, I'm kind of weird. Like, I have to set a time limit at the grocery store because I, like, have way too much fun there. Like, it's weird. But anyway, (laughs) like, finding productive ways to hang out with a friend can make life seem much more bearable sometimes. Yeah, and I totally agree. I mean, I'm more likely to do literally anything If a friend is there, so running errands or going to work out, which I hardly ever do, except (laughs) when I'm with a friend. So whatever task it is, I'm just more likely to go when my friend is going. So next time you have something lame to do, invite someone along and be productive together. And even if it's a little thing you don't want to do, having a friend there can make pretty much anything fun. So it's really a win-win. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of this, after this, Maris and I are going to Trader Joe's together. We're restocking on groceries. It's yes. been a while. I'm buying Maris Trader, Trader Joe's vegan chocolate pretzels. They're We're so going good. With me. So, you know, that's fun. <laughs> uh, so do that with your friends, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, just literally, like, be like, all right, I got a grocery uh, grocery on Thursday. Like, I'm going to call up blah, blah, and, like, make yeah. them come. Literally, I'll just make a friend, like, go get a package with me. Yeah. Those little things, you know? Yeah. 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 Maybe I'm a little too reliant on, like, friends doing things with me. No, probably not. That's a whole other podcast topic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Codependency. Codependency. <laughs> Anyways. Anywho. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I also think um, something really important to discuss is when to seek outside help. Yeah, I know this is something a lot of people struggle with because you might be worried that your friend would be angry with you 
or it would just make the situation worse. But sometimes it really gets to the point where there's nothing you yourself can do and they need outside help. Absolutely, like encouraging your friend to seek outside help or even like offering to make an appointment with a therapist for them. Sometimes just like making that first call can cause someone to feel really anxious and like the, it could just be helpful to be like, hey, I'll call for you if you want me to. Yeah. Um, or go to a local support group with them. And this is super important to note. If your friend is in danger of hurting themselves or is hurting themselves, you need to do something. I cannot promise they won't be angry with you at first, but their life is the most important and they will understand down the road. So act sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Like, always. 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 Super important. Just yeah. always. <laughs> always. And like when I was younger, like middle school, a friend of mine was going through a lot. And I did all that I could to be there to support her. And she was struggling with suicidal thoughts. She would constantly beg me not to tell her parents about it because they were stressed as is and she just didn't want to add anything. So for a while, I kept it to myself, doing as much as I could to help her. And like, keep in mind, I was like 13 at the time. And I really like for lack of better words, like started living in fear that something would happen to her. And so I would stay up all night just in case my phone would ring and I was just really overwhelmed. It like became way too much for me to handle. Um, so I like talked to my siblings about this and I was like, I don't know what to do. And they're like, you like, this is not, this is, you're not gonna be able to be a good friend. Like for all like the feelings and things that you're going through right now, like you need to go tell her mom. And I'm really glad that I did. Um, I wish I would have done it sooner, honestly, but um, I asked her mom not to call me out when she did approach her and just like keep it all very low key. Um, and then my friend was able to get the professional help that she needed. And let me just say, we are still friends to this day so that it's like, what, seven years later? And she knows I did tell her mom and she's like really grateful that she got the help that she needed, so. See, that just goes to show. Um, goes to show what? It just goes to show. It just goes to show. <laughs> Um, I feel like a lot of our listeners can relate to that feeling of not knowing what else to do, and that's when getting extra help, professional help, is super valuable. Yeah, definitely, and I know that story is like a little dated for our mostly college students out there listening, where like telling parents isn't really quite an option when they're like multiple steps away, it's just like a different relationship, but still telling someone who is like able to help professionally is really important, so whether that be going to like the on-campus medical center, going to a different doctor, or like calling the suicide hotline um, and talking to a professional there on like what resources are available. Just do something. Yeah. Yeah. And before we sign off, I just want to say that the most incredible thing you can do for a friend struggling with mental illness is educate yourself, whether it be doing research online about the specific illness, reading a book, watching a movie, or listening to a podcast hosted by two quirky <laughs> girls. Not this one, just some other one, you know? <laughs> two quirky girls. Two quirky girls. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely. Your friend is more than their mental illness, but understanding it can help you support them even better. Yeah. I had an ex where I found out that they had been researching anxiety and specifically how to be a friend to someone with it. And that was really sweet and it made me feel cared about probably one of the most supporting things someone has done for me. Um, I could honestly tell a difference in how they handled my anxiety after that, and that just made me feel really good. Yeah, it's really incredible. I mean, you can, like, literally Google, like, how to help someone with anxiety or, like, understanding how to be a friend to someone with anxiety or not even, specific, like, any sort of mental illness. So, yeah, continue to support your friends. It's really, really hard. Like, I feel like we downplay it all the time, like, be there for your friends. But, like, 
it is really difficult. So just make sure, like, you're not putting on too much and that your own mental health is suffering. And I'm just so proud of all of you out there who are constantly supporting and loving your friends unconditionally. Like, it really makes a huge difference. Like, you know it when you feel it from someone else. And so I'm sure you can understand, like, what that means to someone to feel your love and support. Love you, Shamil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love you, too. She always does this. She likes to say I love you to make me feel uncomfortable. Love you. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening. Mind Over Matter will continue to have bi-monthly podcasts, so tune back in for our next episode. Yep, please share with your friends, and you can check us out on Instagram at mindovermatter underscore WRBB. DM us with anything that you'd like to hear us talk about. It will always stay confidential. Thank you so much, and as always, take care of yourselves. Mental health matters. Let's talk about it. This episode of Mind Over Matter was hosted by Maris McGinnis and Shamile Aldossary. Our producers are Benjamin Harold, WRBB's podcast director, and Parker Brown, WRBB's general manager. Special thanks to the WRBB leadership staff, Northeastern University, and Northeastern Student Activity Fee for funding this podcast. Our theme music is Nature's Voice by Ashova. Head to wrbbradio.org where you can find out the latest episodes of all of our podcasts, listen to our internet live stream, and read up on the latest music reviews. And make sure to follow us on all social media at WRBB Radio. Thanks for tuning in.